This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Bubble. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, we are back here for the first of our always enjoyable uh, four-part uh, series here as we make our mock draft. We make all of our picks for the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Dylan, we did this last year. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> We added some creativity. We made some trades. I think we actually we actually nailed a couple of them. I want to say yes uh, uh-huh. last year. So we actually did a pretty good job of that. Although you and I were talking before we started recording, I think this year's a lot harder to kind of get a gauge on where things are going to go. So we may not have as many trades uh, this year when it comes to us. Mm-hmm. But I do think we may still have one up our sleeve. Uh, when it comes to early on in this 2021 draft. So it should be interesting. This was a fun exercise last year. We did a pretty good job overall um, trying to make those picks. I want to say was it the – I think I made a trade with the Bucks moving up or something for – Yeah. I I don't Mm -hmm. remember. But um, we we hit on a couple of them last year. And so we'll see if we we get them right uh, this time around. I think it's going to be much harder to predict this time around. Yeah, we had the we had the Bucks trading up to draft an offensive uh, tackle, just not the tackle that they ended up taking <laughs> with uh, right. Jedrick Wills. But no, overall, I mean, like we we nailed a lot of the picks. We did have the the Dolphins trade up to get Tua, whereas they were able to sit in number five and still get him. We still had the Lions getting Akuda and this uh, Herbert to the Chargers. So yeah, looking down the down the first uh, first round, there was some misses, but they're slight. Like things where you know teams ultimately got guys of the similar positions that we thought they're going to go for. And like you're saying, it's a little, little, maybe a little tougher this year in terms of not knowing there's just, that's the thing is we'll get to, we haven't decided on a trade that might happen in these first eight picks because it's just a lot of uncertainty. A couple teams that seem like they might be uh, ready to trade up there uh, possibly to the, after those first three picks that are kind of set, I don't think the Niners at this point, <laughs> no reason to trade up and trade back. So I think the intrigue for in terms of a possible trade starts moving on from the number four pick backwards. And then depending on who's left and what teams need quarterbacks, uh, another, you know, even deeper for these first eight picks that we're going to do today, we could see a trade as well. Well, let's just uh, full, full transparency here. Um, <laughs> I have put you in the unenviable spot. I think um, I, I am taking the number one, number three, number five, number seven picks. You're going to get two, four, six, eight. This is how we did it last year. We alternated picks. 
I think we probably did a coin toss last year. Um, I think this is fitting because last year I had the number one pick, so yes. it only makes sense that so we alternate now. There you go. Uh, so, so that makes sense. I mean, we we both had pretty much no brainers, uh, number one. So um, at least uh, we're we're trying to keep some sort of uh, symmetry there when it comes to uh, how we're going to make our picks. All right, we're not wasting any more time. Let's jump into it. We're really not going to spend much time on on the first one uh, because uh, with the number one pick, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence, um, and that's pretty much that. I don't really think there are any surprises. Um, no one's trading up for the number one pick. Uh, there's not going to be any uh, swerves. Uh, Urban Meyer is going to get his quarterback, and then I think it's just a matter of seeing what the Jaguars do uh, to surround him with talent here moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, props to Gardner Minshew for one last shot at it with get a couple of pictures that went viral oh, this past boy. weekend of him really that. just showing the 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 ultimate quarterback there with those picks. But no, I I think Trevor Lawrence is obviously the easy selection here. That there's no really question about this. As we've talked about and a lot of people talked about, this is like the most consensus number one pick probably since Andrew Luck um, in terms of just everyone figuring out that he'd be the guy that would go in this spot. So for the Jaguars, like you're saying, the intrigue for them starts with what they're able to do building around him, how they are able to draft and how they develop some of the real, because they have such a young roster at this point, but developing the guys they do have with this new coaching staff will be really interesting to watch this year. Well, we talked about how easy it was to come up with the number one pick. This, this may be a pretty quick uh, episode here. We may we may you know <laughs> kind of move through these pretty fast. Although I think we're going to slow it out a bit here in a couple of picks. But yeah. um, number two pick, I mean, really, you know, it, it feels somewhat similar when you think about it. If we just talk about all the noise and um, all the thoughts surrounding it, so where are you headed with number two? Yeah, with the Jets, obviously with Sam Darnold traded. Even if they hadn't traded him still felt like they're going to be drafting their quarterback in the future. And whether or not, you know, anyone thinks that maybe uh, Justin Fields or some other quarterback could have still in their minds to be the second best prospect, by all indications, I'm not going to change this up. The Jets are taking Zach Wilson as their QB. He uh, has really, you know, in terms of this is a guy we kind of talked about this right at the end of the offseason. There's always one or two quarterbacks that, you know, aren't considered top one, top two picks that end up dramatically rising we saw it with Baker Mayfield and here was Zach Wilson kind of a, a similar rise in terms of you know he had obviously a fantastic season but a guy that you know even just looking back to beyond the 2020 season going back before that he wasn't really anyone you thought about at all that on at least on this scale of being a first round quarterback a guy that had you know, obvious, obvious talent but not someone that we saw dramatically rise up on I guess you could say the same for Joe Burrow though with how he went from not you know a huge prospect to one of the best college seasons we've ever seen not saying that Zach Wilson is going to be Joe but nonetheless uh, a lot of upside for this guy and I think the Jets even though I know their fan base again was very disappointed by those victories and uh, being able unable to get Trevor Lawrence I think they'll at least uh, maybe a little more cautiously going into the Zach Wilson uh, regime in terms of what they just saw happen with Sam Darnold, but, you know, new head coach, new coaching staff, a lot of uh, offensive minds that come over from the Shanahan tree. And, uh, yeah, excited to see what they're able to do with Wilson. And ter- unlike the Jags, we have already seen, you know, in terms of all the moves they've made in the free agency, we saw them you know, with Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, Tyler Croft. They've worked on their offensive line. So, I mean, they've already kind of addressed some things, still a lot of work to be done, but I think Wilson steps up, steps into a much better situation than Sam Darnold did three years ago in New York. All right. Here we go. This yeah, is, this is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the draft sort of begins for everyone, and we say that every year. 
with some of these picks because, like we said, we do feel like it's pretty um, pretty no-brainers when it comes to number one and number two with, with Lawrence and Wilson there um, heading to, to their respective spots. But the 49ers are the team that made the big splash in terms of uh, moving up to get this number three pick, um, obviously signaling that they have a specific quarterback in mind or they would just be happy with any of the quarterbacks that are there. But I think it's pretty clear that they probably have someone in mind. Um, now, let's remember, we are drafting these as if we were the person making the pick here. All right? We're, yeah. not, we're not necessarily trying to predict what they're going to do at times. Uh-huh. But it's a little bit of that, too. Like, it's sort of a balancing act, right? There's no perfect science to how we're yeah. doing this. But, <laughs> like, again, we, we do think these are going to be the picks. But we also are putting ourselves in that spot and saying, okay, if we add some of our own opinion to it based on what we've, we've seen, what we look at, research, all this other stuff, you know, what, what would we do with this specific pick? Um, so before we do, look at this suspense. So just, this is like, this is great. Plus podcasting 101. So if it were you, Zach Wilson at number two, like if you take the whole, everything else out of the equation, would you pick Jack, would you pick uh, Zach Wilson at number two? Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Like in terms yeah, of like, what, so regardless too. of just thinking yeah. the Jets would do it or not. Right. I, yeah. I'd also, I don't know. I mean, like, as I kind of mentioned, I didn't mention Lance. It was really Fields for me. It was the guy that I was potentially still I'm not maybe as low as some people have kind of become with the, the last couple of months thought he really performed really well in the pocket with you know a lot of great competition so um but yeah I still at the end of the day I think what when you look at what Wilson's done there's a reason he's garnered so much attention and is the consensus number two pick at this point all right we've we've waited long enough um the number three pick the San Francisco 49ers are not going to trade it they're not going to mm-hmm. move they are going to select Justin Fields. Oh, boy. I, I think he is <laughs> – listen, again, I, I don't know. We've heard all this noise, right, about Mac Jones and all this, and they're in love with him. They love everything about him, all this other stuff. How many times have we heard this before in drafts where you get all the momentum leaning one way and then all of a sudden it's somebody a little bit different? Now, we have more access than ever when it comes to, you know, rumors and everything like that. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, they're spot on. But other times I think you get you hear a guy talked up so much that I'm like, you sort of look at what's there. And, and to me, I don't know, man, this is – it's a tough call. I'll say that. Like, it's a, it's a tough call in terms of what they're going to do. Um, for me, I think it's probably like 51-49 in terms of what I think that they could do here and which one of these two guys they could take. Um, mm-hmm. I would take Justin Fields. I just think that he is someone. Look, he's not the, he's not the prototypical Kyle Shanahan quarterback. But I think some of the points that people have made is, if you're done with Jimmy G, like what are the comparisons with Mac Jones and Jimmy G? Like, do you feel like there are some of the things there that are there are some similarities when it comes to their specific style? Like, I think some people have sort of tried to make that point. Um, Fields is different. Like, it's a different dynamic. It's probably what, unlike anything we've seen from Kyle Shanahan in terms of the quarterbacks he's worked with. Yeah. So that, to me, is is interesting. But I don't know, man. Like, do you think they move all the way up to three to get Mac Jones? Like, that, that's no. the only question I have. And so that's what makes me wonder a little bit about them moving up that far to get Mac Jones when I think Mac Jones probably – you know, I don't know. Like, I think it's interesting. I don't know if they had to move up that far to get Mac Jones. So that makes me wonder, 
is this going to be one of those things where despite a lot of the noise in that direction, maybe it winds up being Fields? Yeah, I, I've, there's a lot of mock drafts out there and speculation that even Trey Lance is a guy that they would consider. You're yeah. talking about the system in terms of what he ran there, a lot of the play-action kind of run-centric scheme. But I don't think – I mean, that's the thing about Shanahan and it applies to McVay and a lot of these uh, offensive coordinators, uh, you know, turned head coaches now in the minds from that Shanahan tree. I think there, it's a lot of adaptability there. I don't think that's – we saw it even with at the end of the year with the Rams. So it's not like – uh, depending on who they have under center, they're not going to adjust to. And I think that could be something that's exciting for, for Shanahan and for the Niners. And with Fields, yeah, I can't talk about, you know, obviously a great system, but obviously also I think still solid offensive line, solid group of uh, skill players. So fits right in, really. And I don't think that in terms of the system, that's really a concern, like you're saying, though, for Mac Jones. I don't know if it's a complete smokescreen. Like, I, it's hard to – it's hard to say in terms of the, but in terms of like the amount of noise you're right, it does seem a little. It feels like some and some times in the past where you're trying to keep the sin off what you're really doing. And uh, I, like you said, I, they didn't really probably have to move up that far, uh, not all the way up to three to get Mac. And I maybe maybe we'll be proven wrong. Maybe after last year we got the first, I think four of the five of the first six picks correct. I don't know. Uh, this could be the point yeah, where is. yeah, this is like the this is where it gets tough here in this one. And, and even for, as we keep going. But, I, yeah, if I, if I were you in that number three spot, as we kind of talked about before, and he's really the only other guy I really consider number two would be field. So I would do the same thing here. Well, and I get it. I mean, the Mac Jones thing. And, look, everyone's going to compare Mac Jones to Tua just because they played, you know, in the same system. They had similar weapons to work with. Um, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about two of the – I mean, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, like they're going to go in our top 15 probably. So it's like – you know, th- those are some of the things, too, that I think you have to look at. And I don't know. I, I just think this o- this offers the 49ers a bit of a different dynamic. And as we've seen, this is sort of that direction we've seen the league go in with some of these quarterbacks. Yeah. Unless they are just surefire 100%, you know, guys that you know can, can be maybe that prototypical um, traditional type quarterback with the arm and all this other stuff. Um, I just feel like Fields, you know, he, he adds that extra dynamic. He adds another layer uh-huh. in terms of what he can do with, with his legs. So, um, I don't know. And if anything, they didn't use him with his legs as much as they probably yeah. could have, and that's what's something that could be exciting for his prospects in the NFL. So Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, there starts the course uh, the rest of our top eight, and this is where I think, you know, we're very intrigued by the Niners at three, but I also think there's a lot of intrigue around number four, um, knowing that at this point, all, you know, we would be shocked if we're not saying there's three quarterbacks that have been taken thus far in the top three. I think yeah. it's going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Um, now I think where the Falcons go becomes a little bit more of a mystery here. Yeah, and, and in terms of what the picks that have been made, I mean, really that's what's fun about as we get deeper into these mock drafts. At the top of it, it's like, yes, I know we know who's going to go one, two in this case. and But now that the results really change what could happen here, and that's why I don't think we're going to see if the Falcons, I know they've been rumored to be trying to trade out of the number four spot, but I think they're just trying to drum up as much um, interest as they can. And I think maybe if, if Justin Fields dropped to four, I, I feel like maybe they just end up holding on and, yeah. and feel like that's their quarterback of the future. So, but if they have enough interest there again, now with Fields gone in terms of who they, I, you know, I don't know if they're going to take Mac Jones, Trey Lance, I suppose, but maybe a team that's not going to take a chance there as much in terms of 
Uh, Lance kind of reminds me a bit, you know, going back to the amount of potential that was seen in Josh Allen, but still a lot of things had to go right to get to where we were in 2020 with his performance. I, he's not as big as Josh, but in terms of just the raw talent that you see and what could be molded well, he, that's why I thought maybe the Niners even could have been interesting. But nonetheless, the Falcons, I don't think they go there. Um, in terms of the skill players and guys that they would consider <laughs> – I think Kyle Pitts is one name that keeps coming up for the Falcons at four. Yep. But I think just for – in terms of the entry here, and I think that interest is really going to be real now that, you know, if, if the team really wanted Mac, the team really wanted Lance, they could trade up here at number four with enough ammo. And so there's two teams that <laughs> I believe would be in play here. One, the, the Broncos, they're at number nine. Do they feel like they can – wait that long now um yep. with the panthers obviously trading they have the number eight picked they traded for sam darnold don't think the lions are quite there in terms of being ready to draft a quarterback they could but i think they might be a team that maybe next year that's more likely we're looking for them and the bengals and dolphins uh, by all indications unless the dolphins trade for deshaun watson and that's still obviously everything's up in the air there uh, i think the bengals and dolphins are two teams you're looking at that are drafting quarterbacks so the, maybe the broncos feel good about staying at number nine and getting one of those two guys. Now the Patriots at 15, not so not feeling <laughs> so great. There's a lot of different things that could happen in between here and there. Maybe they don't, again, some of the teams in front of them, will the interest be enough? Oh man. I'm like, I'm so close <laughs> to just saying the Patriots knowing Belichick. I know he's made, you know, Look, I think they're, they're on field. a tear. Like they're making moves. They're, they're yeah. not waiting around for anything. So if this is the year they're going to do something like this, I think it's like this is spot on because. And yeah, exactly. It fits with the the, the strategy and the attack, the plan of attack this year. And uh, well, uh, I was going to say just before we, I think right when we were recording, Bill uh, Field Yates tweeted that the Patriots have made the most draft day trades of any team in the NFL since 2000, 82 yeah. over 61 versus the, uh, the next closest by the Eagles. Now, a lot of the time, they're the team trading back. But like you're saying, I think this is the time where they finally trade up. So we'll get the New England Patriots. <laughs> I don't know the exact package. I'd have to look yeah. at all their picks. But I'm sure the Falcons wouldn't do this unless they got a decent haul because, I mean, to move back that many picks, you know, the Falcons maybe we'll see as we go through this. Um, could possibly move up further, again, to get one of those kind of top-tier guys like a Kyle Pitts here. You look at him, he'd be a huge difference maker for them. But, oh, I, I think what I, well, the Patriots will just give them enough. And now, who do they draft it between the two? Yep. The two guys that, at least for the most part, are considered the most likely here with the number four pick. Man, it's it's tough because, like, like you're saying, it's a little bit of do, who do we think they would take themselves yep. and who do we think – uh, would be the, um, the pick that we would want. Like for me, it might be Trey Lance, uh, and I'm. <laughs> I, I know that I have a, like a little more of a feeling that Mac Jones would be the guy they ended up taking. But if they're trading all the way up, maybe it's for the the talent. So I'll go Trey Lance. I don't know what you think about that. If you think it should be. Uh, man, I, this is one I'm going to end up regretting. I feel like when, when this <laughs> trade happens, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, they actually did it. They traded up to four, and then they end up taking back. And then it's all – I had it all right there for the taking, and I ended up going the wrong way. We'll see. Yeah, it's like I said, I, I think it's really hard to project with these three in particular, with Fields, Lance, and Mac Jones. Like, I think it's – I could not even if, – if you asked me to place a bet on everything I own right now, to try to figure out the order that these three are going to go in, there's no way. Like, I would just go ahead and say, all right, here, take everything I have. Like, because there's no way I'm going to get this right. Because I, I honestly feel like this is such a hard thing to know what order those three are going to go in. Um, yeah. You know, because 
I don't know because I think look we know the Bengals aren't taking a quarterback at five um so you know that two of these guys are probably well you know if the Falcons stay though I mean that's the thing I, I think if the Falcons yeah, that's stay that's right and if Fields is there I'm with you I think they would take Fields mm-hmm. but if Fields is not there I don't know that they take Mac Jones or Trey Lance and so Boy, that's um this this is an interesting dynamic. Like you said, if we get this right, like we're gonna we're just gonna this podcast <laughs> become it's gonna become a mock draft podcast year round because um I don't think anyone probably has a really good feel on where this could go because like you said, if it's the Patriots, maybe it's the Broncos. Um I feel pretty good though, it's probably gonna be one of those two. If you do have a trade yeah. here, I think it's one of those two. Um so we'll see. But I I mean, the Panthers have gotten their quarterback now. That was one of the teams we thought could factor into the mix, but, like, they're they're in good shape. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think it's a tough call. But something tells me that I think the Patriots would probably take Mac Jones just because of the, yeah, see, the that's Alabama kind of what I was thinking. They, like, I and, feel like they would do that. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's my not thing. what we're doing necessarily. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> we're picking who we think – we're adding a little bit of both. We're saying if the Patriots are going to – get a quarterback at four, that's the consensus. Okay, well, then we're going to make the choice as to which quarterback they should take. So um, that's kind of what we did with the 49ers. Like, we know they're taking a quarterback. If it was us, we're going to take the quarterback that we feel is, is the best you know, pick in that spot. So, because, too, it's about value. we got to remember that, too. Like, it's value here because, uh-huh. you know, we the 49ers gave up some stuff to move up to three, and so it's like, okay, long-term, value-wise, and then we're talking about the Patriots and all that. So, I mean – it's going to be interesting. I, I don't think it's a bad pick at all with Trey Lance. I, I just, I'm, I'm very curious. I, I, I tend to lean towards them taking Mac Jones if they make this move. But yep. uh, again, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on this order of these three because I don't know what, the, what order they're going to go in. So. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I, I, I do think, yeah, like you said, I, like we kind of talked about Fields. I, if he drops here, feels like he's the pick in terms of the order. Yeah, like it could go at any way, but I feel like Fields maybe still will end up being the first of the three. Then, then between Lance and and Jones, though, it's really it's it's not only just I'm sure of the, uh, those two uh, in the order, but also where they're going to go, how far they could drop, and if they not really that far, I don't think really at the end of the day. But it, depending on how far they drop, a team didn't even really think about at first just because they weren't in those top 15 picks. But Washington definitely a team that. I could see if Lance, say I took Jones and then Lance was sitting there at eight, maybe they would be a team that could be interested in trading up for him over, yeah. uh, say, the the Broncos there at nine. But, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's tough. And it, this, as we, we kind of talked about this on a previous podcast, this just works out so well for the Bengals and Dolphins these yes. next couple of picks yes. now. They get – they get these guys that are true number one, <laughs> number two talents, and yeah. they're sitting there at five and six. Well, that's what I was going to say. If I'm the Bengals, like, I'm using this entire 15 <laughs> minutes just to sit back and sort of kick my feet up and just really enjoy things because they honestly, I don't think they can go wrong here. Like, they've, yeah. they've got mm, – I think they've got three choices that they can absolutely not go wrong with, and that would be Penny Sewell, the offensive mm-hmm. tackle, Kyle Pitts, or Jamar Chase, I think any of those three would all fit very well with the Bengals. Like, because, again, what you're doing with that is what? You're giving Joe Burrow strength at a position. Yep. Um, and so I, I think any way they go in, in with those three, I think they'd be fine. For me, I feel like if they're in this scenario, 
if Joe Burrow is going to have a little input here, um, <laughs> I think he's going to go with the guy that he probably has already played with and, you know, yeah. set some records with in college. Um, so I'm going to go Cincinnati Bengals with the number five pick. I'm going to go with uh, Jamar Chase here. I, I feel Ooh. like it's just one that's too – I don't know. Like, I get it. Like, Burrow's probably thinking I'd love to have a lineman, you know, like Sewell in there, and that'd be great. But I just don't think they're going to pass up that opportunity in this scenario because there are people who have made the case that Jamar Chase, you know, could very well – outside of Trevor Lawrence, like he's the second-best player in this draft if you look long-term yeah. at that position, uh, wide receiver. So I, I don't feel like they could pass that up. I think that's yeah. something that's too – falling in their laps there. Um, you know, most people, I think, believe Chase is the best wide receiver in this draft. Um, I think Jalen Waddell, probably pretty close. For some reason, I think Waddell's injury, people sort of forget – just maybe yep. how great he is. 100%. Um, but I'm going to pick Jamar Chase. I just I think the connection's too simple to make there. And um, even though again I don't think they go wrong with any of those three, I, I just feel like you know the, the Burrow Chase connection is something that they could really lean on there. So yeah, absolutely. And we you know I we, we've kind of talked, and I've always uh, kind of been like um, Sewell or even another offensive lineman in this spot just for, you know, the importance of building up that line with, you know, obviously some big struggles last year, not just from the injury, but all, just in general, how much pressure was getting to Joe. But it is a position that if you do develop and draft well, you know, in other rounds of the draft, and they'd still have so many picks, I don't think it's something they can't fix uh, deeper, whereas it's just the allure of that that connection, but also just Jamar Chase's overall yeah. talent that is hard to ignore. They already have some solid, uh, you know, skill position guys. Otherwise, that aren't necessarily number one. So you add this, and you you possibly have a, a superstar receiver for years to come, teamed up with a guy that he already has so much chemistry with. I do think I may have ultimately, if we if you give me this fifth pick, I may have convinced myself in real time to go the same way. I, <laughs> it's just it is too fun to think about. It doesn't work out well for yeah. at number six with the Dolphins uh, right. as we get to that in a second here because I do think that's the one guy they're really hoping that if they can get him in Miami, yeah. I think they'd have a hard time passing up at number six. Yeah, I think so too. So that's where I think that does affect the Dolphins, whereas, you know, if the Bengals were to take – um, you know, let's say the Bengals took Sewell, then I think mm-hmm. the Dolphins, they're sitting pretty. They're kicking back with their feet up yeah. saying, all right, we're, we got Chase, we're good. Um, so, you know, and, and I mean, but they also have the option too, I guess, and we'll see where you go. But, you know, they have the option with Waddle to connect him with, um, you know, his former quarterback. Yep. So there's there's lots of uh, connections there. But we we know this before. Like we – there was someone last year, I feel like we said this with – um, someone, it was one of those scenarios, but they went the opposite way. Like, you, you can factor in those things, but NFL, like, they don't, you know, it's not always let's just connect these guys that play together yeah. in college. Um, so I think the Bengals, you know, they might necessarily go this route, but I think it's one, Chase to me is so good that it's not just a Burrow thing. I think he's, of, of all the quarterbacks, like, once you get the run of quarterbacks, I think he's the second best player on the board. So yeah. I feel like, to me, in that scenario, if I'm the Bengals, I see a lot of value there adding that connection. So I'll take Chase, uh, number five. That does take us to the Dolphins with number six. Makes your decision a little bit harder here because I think when you look at the Dolphins, you know, wide mm-hmm. receiver, like they want to go wide receiver. But I yeah. also think tight end, they, you know, you got <laughs> another guy there that's – I don't know that he's not the second best player in this draft. So, that, you know, I don't think the Dolphins are in a bad spot, even if Chase is no. I don't think they're in a bad spot. They still, similar to the Bengals and the team that I, you know, 
they uh, definitely need to improve their offensive line. They still have the two, you know, two or three of the top uh, offensive line prospects here. Obviously, Sewell, Rashawn Slater is a guy that in a lot of these mock drafts and big boards and everything is mentioned as, in some cases, with scouts saying that they think Slater will end up going before Sewell. So there's, so you have two, you have those guys left. Uh, obviously. As you said, and I agree that I think Waddle's uh, prospects have just uh, – people forget how <laughs> such a big play uh, player that he can be and his uh, overall talent is insane. And, but Devontae Smith is still someone that I, I I can't really get off thinking that he might be the guy that they end up going with. I think he's still yeah, – I know he got hurt in the national title game and a guy that obviously those – uh, his performances in those last two games pumped him up even more. But I really do think that, I mean, he's he's longer than his, I mean, he's only 6'1", but I, he's such long arms. He's he's really a huge target for a guy that's only 6'1". His, his uh, ability to, you know, in terms of quickness and uh, and his route running and all those kind of things that are, are going to be so important at the next level. I just see him as a guy that is going to be able to adapt quickly in terms of being able to get open. But, Oh man, Kyle Pitts. It's like so for me. It's yeah. between. I, I'm just gonna. It might be clear now as I go through this thought process. I think Pitts for me and Smith are the two that I'm considering the most. Man, Kyle Pitts is yeah. obviously such a versatile tight end that can you know basically do anything you want. Also going to be just an upside in terms of in terms of his ability in the run blocking game. I think. For, he's a huge dude, and you've refined some of his blocking skills. He's going to end up being just fine there over time. But it's really his allure as a pass catcher. And, uh, you, the comparisons you see, uh, Darren Waller, obviously the guy that came out of nowhere, unlike Pitts, who was going to be uh, drafted in the, uh, you know, at some point in these first ten picks, easily, I believe, if not right here. So it's, it, I mean, his ability, his length. It's like, man, they really can't go wrong with the two. Man, that's it, it's tough. And I, as much as the offensive line, I, I think they maybe take a similar approach in terms of think, look, you know, look, we we're going to be able to fix this up with, and you know, developing is such a big part of offensive line play. It can be a receiver as well, but offensive line play, just having the coaches, you can really get guys second, third, fourth rounds and develop them into some of the best offensive line that we know in the NFL. Aren't all they're not all first round picks. There are a lot, but I just think they can't pass up on the, the playmaking skills of these two. At the end of the day. Oh man, I'm gonna go with Devonte Smith. I, wow. I'm just still on that train. Still believe in his that. his route running, his ability, what he can do. Uh, another, we got another connection of uh, a college quarterback <laughs> uh, with his receiver here now. I think Pitts would have been a great pick too, and would have been really fun to watch in Miami. But I think this is the route that ultimately it's a mix of what I would do for yeah. them. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a tough one because I. I think now it's like I, I don't know how as we go on it's going to be hard to keep uh, keep passing on pits at this point. I was going to say like I feel like I, I'm just going to like go ahead and tell you I'm not picking him at number seven, so oh. um, <laughs> it's going to be on you at number eight because like that's the thing is and look I think we said this last year although we didn't have as many situations <laughs> like when we make these trades and that kind of stuff like you're going to see one guy that sort of falls down a bit. Um, yeah. because, well, again, when we talk about as many quarterbacks as we think that potentially there could be moves to get all of these quarterbacks in the first five, six, seven picks, um, you know, yeah. that that sends one of these guys down the board that you think has no reason to, to go down the board. Um, but in this scenario, like, I could see Kyle Pitts, like, going further down here, like you said. Um, I, I can't say that I would be shocked if the Dolphins do what you just did and, and pick, you know, Devontae Smith, or if yeah. Jalen Waddle, I can't say I'd be shocked with that either. 
Um, so, man, that's that's an interesting thought because at seven, if I'm the Lions, I'm running to the board here. Um, I, I'm picking Penny Sewell. I know it's not a you know, yeah. It's one of those where the Lions are. I mean, they're basically starting over here, and we talk about value and and all that. I mean, like you mentioned, you can you can develop offensive line, yeah. but if you also Sorry. have a surefire guy that you think could <laughs> uh-huh. be there for ten years, um, you know that's a pretty easy choice, I think, especially at number seven. So I think that's where the Lions should go. I know it's very interesting. People have talked about them maybe quarterback too. Maybe they, you know, I don't know. I know they have Jared Goff now, but maybe there's something there for them. Um, I, I don't. I just don't see that as a scenario. I don't. I don't know why that's even been mentioned. I feel like. I mean, I get it. Maybe they're not looking at Jared Goff as a quarterback five years from now, but um, I just I think offensive linemen that would be very hard for them to pass up, even if it's not one. Knowing that you know guys like Pitts and Waddle and those guys would still be on the board here, I don't know. I I just think that's the best value pick for the Lions in that spot. No, I I think it makes a lot of sense. He's going to be uh, perfect for, for what they need, and like you said, it's you, you can only yes, you can develop. But when you get these surefire guys, and Sewell's just one that you feel like he's going to be there for you know years and years. There's so much confidence in what he's going to be able to do long term in the middle of your offensive line to really shore things up and interior pressure. I mean, obviously, I don't think the Lions are really thinking about just this season, but uh, in terms of Jared Goff and like any quarterback really, but especially guys that are more of the kind of traditional pocket passer uh, setup, they, the interior pressure is the way to destroy what they want to do. And I think having a guy like Sewell in there, they're really solidify that for a long period of time. It's going to be such a key foundational piece for uh, the long term, like you're saying, with the skill guys. Yes, obviously, there's some great talent still available, but um, in terms of what they're going to be able to do, they're looking at a long-term approach here, and maybe those guys are going to have are going to be great playmakers early on. It might not make a bigger difference if you don't get the infrastructure uh, really fixed up. I think the, even though the Bengals are definitely further behind than the Dolphins, but uh, both those teams maybe are in a little bit of a different phase here than Detroit. Uh, Detroit still, uh, you know, I hope Jared has a solid season there, but I just think eventually they're going to be drafting a quarterback. Not now, though, and I think they're, they're a team that's going to be getting those pieces fit around uh, who they ultimately end up having as their true kind of long-term successor to Matthew Stafford. And I think getting Sewell here obviously makes a ton of sense. And a guy that I still considered uh, really highly at number five and even yeah. at number six as well. Well, I was going to say, they have Hawkinson at tight end. So the Pitts thing, I, like, I get it. You you pick up players wherever you can pick them up. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you're not necessarily – and that, that's what I would question with the Sewell thing. One thing I would say is I could see them picking Pitts even though they have – Hawkinson, I mean, I could see them going wide receiver. If Devonta Smith is there, I think that would be the choice for them, um, knowing maybe that they have to replace, you know, Galladay. You know, they've got all this stuff. They've got to figure a lot out wide receiver. You know, Marvin Jones isn't there anymore. Uh, pretty much a new group at receiver for them. Yeah. So I could mm-hmm. see them going that route, but I don't know. Like, that's – I think the Dolphins – I mean, I think the Lions are going to be one of those that are really – I think no matter how the board falls – Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to be one that's – it may be hard to kind of know which direction they're going to go in. Although, if Sewell's not on the board, I think it's probably, you know, let's say Pitts is there or Devontae Smith. I think it's obvious that they're probably going one of those two guys uh, yeah. for me. But I, I don't know. Like, And that's the thing. is like Pitts falling this far is surprising for me. But I, I don't know. This is just how I think I would do it if, if I was the Lions, even though I think there's going to be a big, a big push – from the, from the fans' perspective, for the Lions to to take one of those sort of uh-huh. um, posi- you know 
top guys like that, offensive, explosive type guys um, like that. So I, that's a that's a tough pick for me. I will. That's certainly been the the toughest I think of this this mm-hmm. person so far. So all right, we wrap it up here with our one through eight uh, choices with the Panthers uh, with a very um, again a very talented player still on the board though. I don't know. We'll see if Dylan goes there. Yeah, it's a. I'm going to go through just the thought process of things that could have changed depending on picks earlier. Now I'm looking back at it. Say <laughs> say that we went Mac Jones at number four. Say I ended up doing that instead of Trey Lance. Yeah. I think at number six, that would have been a spot where the Dolphins could have traded not too far back with a team like the Broncos yeah. Yeah. in terms of still being able to maybe get Smith, who at number six, I, I do love just the idea of him in Miami, and maybe that's part of it's something that's been in my mind for a while, imagining him uh, in a Dolphins uniform. So I... I feel like, though, they could have had an opportunity to still get him by trading down, but here we are now with the Panthers falling to number eight with, and it's, uh, man, it's like, that's, I, and it's a team that I think, other and at that point, teams may have even looked at Carolina as a spot they could have traded up to, and yeah. even right here, it's like, other teams, I'm sure, would love to get Pitts if they could, and it's a, it's a situation where they could be trading back at this spot. Um, a team that I still needs, I think, a lot of the fits that, uh, at this point. I think if, if Sewell had been here, I think I probably would have just ended up going with that. Um, <laughs> yes. I still think Rashawn uh, Taylor could be a good option here um, in terms of what they need um, on their offensive line. But, or sorry, Rashawn Slater. But, man, I, at the end of the day, I think they're just going to look at this as like, this guy could end up being one of the top, two, you know, a tight end along the lines yeah. of Travis Kelsey and um, and George Kittle and Darren Waller and that level of playmaker. And it's just, it's a rare thing. It's, there's a, I mean, as much as this class is one of the uh, deepest receiving classes, again, after another deep one last year, uh, he, I mean, he arguably could end up being the best receiver out of the group and at a, at a more premium spot. So I think Carolina is all about getting playmakers, all about, finding and it's just another weapon for Sam Darnold another weapon for uh, Matt Rule and that offensive uh, just as they continue to, to readjust and kind of build this thing on the fly I think they're going to look is this a great spot for a lot of positions they could address <laughs> but um, they probably didn't think Pitts would quite get here and again in an alternate uh, mock draft here we may have I might have we might have had someone trading up to get Pitts at number seven or something if yeah. Sewell was gone so or the Falcons uh, taking before if there's yeah. a side not to I exactly. think that's an option too. So yeah, so there's a lot of different scenarios here where the Panthers don't even have this as an option. So I think in this one that we were in right yeah. here, I have a hard time not seeing them looking at Pitts and being like, "Wow, just imagine." I think Matt Rule's <laughs> running to the board, and so yeah. like you like to say, in terms of thinking about all the different things you can scheme up for him and how much fun that'll be in Carolina. So yeah, Pitts to number eight for the Panthers. Yeah, I I, I think that I, I don't know, like I. Mac Jones is the only other one, but I think this is I think this is your your top eight here, unless yeah. we have one of those trades. Like I I will say that I don't know that I see anyone else moving into these top top eight spots in terms of player wise. Um, mm-hmm. Again, unless it's Mac Jones and there's a trade with the Broncos and the Dolphins or someone like that, uh, because that will be our next choice when we do the next one. Will be the Broncos at number nine. And that's where I think things get more interesting because yeah. obviously there's a player we've talked about a lot that has not been drafted yet. Um, <laughs> and, you know, do they decide to go that route or, you know, do they do something else? And so it's, it's going to be interesting, man. This is uh, this. I, I like doing this because as we said, there's so many different scenarios that could play out. And, um, you know, it's something literally as simple as the 49ers picking Trey Lance. Like that would, you know, that starts a domino effect. Or if yep. they pick Mac Jones, and then maybe the Patriots are like, you know what, we don't want to move up for any of these guys. 
um, or something like that. Or they're like, yeah. you know, we think we can wait longer if Mac Jones is still there. And so you, you run through all these scenarios. There's no way to completely uh, accurately predict it, but uh, it's always fun to give it a try. So um, there you it's go. Just, it's crazy <laughs> to think about all the – like you're saying, though. Yeah. It's like all the little – yeah. Uh, kind of butterfly effects that can have such a dramatic impact. And I think that's what's fun about this draft in particular. Like, it, there there were guys, I guess, like that last year, but it did feel not quite so yeah. just completely up in the air in terms of the amount of teams that want quarterbacks that are kind of in those mid-rounds. And different, just one pick different really alters not just what we do, but obviously what's <laughs> going to actually end up happening. So it's going to be crazy, man. I'm excited, and then it'll be fun to keep doing this in the next few weeks. And what if it's like, what if it's not the Patriots or the Broncos trading up? What if it's someone yeah. we haven't even talked about, right? Like it could be someone out of left field, <laughs> and then all of a sudden that changes things too. So, um, yeah, there's there's so many different dynamics here. I think that can come into play. Um, but yes, this will. I think this is, and we say this all the time, but I think this could be one of the most fun sort of top ten, top twelve we've seen in a while in the draft, just based yeah. on knowing that there's so many quarterbacks that are going to be taken. And then you have these guys we talked about with Chase, Sewell, Pitts. You're thinking these guys in any other year may be top three picks. Yeah. Um, and potentially now, you know, they could all fall a little bit further than that. So um, that's that's going to be fun. And this is fun as always, Dylan. But uh, we'll have lots of coverage, of course, uh, on the draft, over clutch points, uh, everything else going on over there. Let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, clutchpoints.com to the NFL section. We've had a ton of stuff over the weekend of, you know, ideal picks for all these teams and these with these top picks. We'll continue to have a ton of draft coverage uh, over the next couple of weeks. You can find it in the Clutch Points app as well in the NFL section. You can watch all and follow all NBA games, MLB games in the Clutch Points app and listen to us in the app and on the website. And yeah, excited to just keep this rolling. Still, it's, it's full on draft season now, and it's uh, all the rumors. By, yeah, we'll have more information. By the time we record the next uh, <laughs> yes. eight picks, who knows? We're going to have, for all we know, someone will have already traded up into the top ten again. So <laughs> might throw yeah. things off, but we'll roll with it. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos are officially on the clock, but uh, yeah. may, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, may, maybe they're not. Maybe, maybe we have to do a first here where we're picking for a team that we've already picked for. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the Dolphins <laughs> move back by the time and we're having to rearrange Possible. everything. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, check everything out at Clutch Points. Uh, as Dylan said, we'll be back uh, here on the next episode with our picks for 9 through 16. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. You can find us there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for